0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this morning's meditation is our gospel lesson, recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 44 through 53. He said to them, These are my words, that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, This is what is written, and so it must be. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I am sending you what my Father promised. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He led them out as far as the vicinity of Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple courts, praising and blessing God. Amen. Lord, these are your words and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. in the name of our risen and ascended savior, dear fellow redeemed. It was her 20th birthday, her worst birthday ever. You see, her boyfriend of two years was leaving. He was going to boot camp, and it was such a difficult goodbye because things had been going so well. They had been on and off for so much of their relationship, but things had been going so well over the last couple of months, but now he was leaving on her birthday nonetheless. And there were many tears shed. It was so hard to say goodbye. But surprisingly, as he went up to the improcessing center, they informed him the next morning that he wasn't going to be able to go to boot camp. They lost his drug test, he'd have to be retested, and he couldn't leave for another week. And so the young woman was quite surprised when he returned home the very next day. Oh, what a joyous embrace it was to see him once again. Many tears of joy now shed to have him back, if only for just one more week. That week meant so much to her, so much so that she was now ready to say goodbye. We think about the disciples, how difficult it was for them to watch everything that Jesus went through during his passion, to see with their own eyes how he was arrested, how he was put on trial, how he was mocked and scourged, and put up on a cross, crucified. They weren't ready to say goodbye. Really, after seeing all of that, they were filled with so much sorrow, and so much fear concerning the future, but what took place? He rose again from the dead on the third day, didn't he, on Easter Sunday, and showed himself alive to them, and was with them for 40 days. And those 40 days meant so much, and he taught them so much, so that now as he ascends into heaven, they are truly ready to say goodbye. Ready to say goodbye as he explains to them his mission. They're ready to say goodbye as they anticipate the gift that he has promised to give Jesus told his disciples on many occasions everything that had to happen to him as the Messiah. He explained to them how he had to go to the cross, how he had to suffer and die, and how he would also rise again. And While the disciples believed that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, yet they did not fully understand his work. They didn't understand these things. They maybe didn't believe that they'd really actually happen, and so... When they did, they further didn't understand it. Now after it all has taken place and after Jesus now comes back to life from the dead, he has a chance over this 40 days to now explain it all to them. So he goes back to the scriptures, to the law and the prophets and the Psalms, the Old Testament scriptures, and he shows them, see, it was all written down concerning the Messiah. Maybe we can imagine Jesus reciting for them Psalm 22. A psalm that clearly depicts his crucifixion, pointing to that and saying, See, this was to happen to the Messiah. Or maybe reciting for them Isaiah 53, that shows the role of the Messiah is not as simply a conquering king, but as the suffering servant who would bear the sins of the world upon his shoulders, and make satisfaction for those sins through suffering and death. But also, maybe opening up the scriptures to Psalm 16 to show that the Messiah also was to be raised from the dead as it says there that God would not permit His Holy One to see decay. For the disciples it all now made sense, especially after everything that had happened they were now enlightened concerning the mission of the Messiah. It was all now perfectly clear to them. Perhaps like the disciples were when Jesus died as they were filled with so much fear and trepidation, we too can at times maybe misunderstand Jesus' purpose, or misunderstand the central focus, the central message of the entire Scriptures. We do so not because the Scriptures aren't clear, but we do so because of our own sinful nature. It's so easy to look through the Scriptures and to see all of God's commands for us. And to maybe think of the Bible in this way as merely a guide for our life here on earth, an instruction manual to be a good human being, to stay out of trouble and to live a good life in the here and now. The Bible is so much more than that. It presents to us much more than simply a rule book for us to follow. In fact, if that is all it is, it really provides no hope for us. If it's only a rule book to follow, if Jesus is merely presented to us as a good example for us to emulate, we have no hope. Because who can truly live as Jesus has? A number of years ago, you perhaps remember there was a a very familiar slogan among many Christians. In fact, there were bracelets produced that had four simple letters on them. WWJD. What do those letters stand for? What would Jesus do, right? I think the purpose behind that bracelet was for Christians, when they found themselves in in a moment of a decision to make, whether they would tell the truth or lie, whether they would do what is right or what is wrong, they were to look down at the bracelet and to see those letters, WWJD, and think to themselves, well, what would Jesus do? Jesus would certainly tell the truth. Jesus would certainly do the right thing all of the time. When we simply think of Jesus as our example, though, we miss the point of his coming. We miss the point of the entire scriptures for us because we can never be like Jesus was, perfect in thought, word, and deed, perfect the way that God expects of us. What we truly need to know about Jesus is not that he is a good example for us to follow, that he is our Savior. He is the one who followed the law in our place, the one who bore the weight of our sins upon himself. You see, the letters we need are not WWJD, but WDJD. What did Jesus do? To remind us, when we fail, that Jesus was perfect in every way for us. That he went to a cross to forgive all of our sins. That was the purpose of his life, death, and resurrection as our Savior. This was so clear now to the disciples. Those disciples that had believed that Jesus was the Son of God and the Messiah, they now fully understood his role. That he came as the suffering servant for them. It was kind of an aha moment, as they see all of those scriptures now fulfilled in Christ. And now knowing all of that, it made them ready. Ready for Jesus' departure. What is their response? What do we see in our text for today as Jesus ascends into the heavens? They aren't filled with sorrow and fear, but the opposite. Aren't they filled with joy and worship and praise as they testify to him as God? It's quite a different response, a different reaction now that they know that Christ's work has been fulfilled and that he truly is the Son of God and their Savior and that as he departs from their eyes, He still lives and reigns to all eternity for them. But he also instructed them before he left. He also told them that repentance and forgiveness of sins must be preached to all nations. And who would do this big work? Well, he says in our lesson, you are witnesses of these things. The disciples were to carry out that big task of sharing the good news, bringing people to repentance, but also pointing them to their Savior, Jesus Christ. Such a big task, we might think that they would be filled with worry and fear over that alone, but they're not. Why? Because he promises a gift to them as well. The young man who left that young woman they had been dating for a couple years, even though he'd head off to boot camp, he promised her that he'd write as often as he could. That was only once a week in boot camp on Sundays. Even though it wasn't as frequently as she wished, she cherished every word that he wrote to her because it reminded her that he still loved her, that he still wanted to be with her. In fact, he came back home a year and a half later and proposed marriage to her. With great joy, she accepted and she took the gift that he gave to her a ring. She began the process of preparing their wedding. Even though he was many states away, many thousands of miles away, she prepared for that marriage because she was confident. Receiving that gift, she carried out that work, looking forward to the day when they would be together once again. God gave to his church a precious gift. That gift is the Holy Spirit. And he didn't just give his church the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. As we know, that the Holy Spirit was poured out in a special way, allowing them to speak in different languages. But he continues to bring his Holy Spirit to his church. It's that Holy Spirit that works through God's Word. His message to us that we receive every week and even more. The precious message that reminds us of God's continued love for us. That even though we can't see Jesus with our eyes, that he is still watching over us and cares for us. But also that Holy Spirit encourages the work of the church, that Holy Spirit that makes our words and our witness effective as he works on people's hearts to bring them to faith, to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yes, it certainly was good for that young woman to have a little extra time with her beloved boyfriend before he left. So much so she was ready to say goodbye and it was really his letters and gifts that assured her of his continued love. Also with the disciples. It was very hard for them to say goodbye when Jesus died, but over these forty days they were encouraged. As they saw the scriptures were fulfilled by him as they saw his true role as the Messiah. But also as they were confident that he would bring to them that gift of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit that filled them, that filled their hearts, and also encouraged their work as well. Sometimes for us ourselves, we maybe wish we were like the disciples and could see Jesus with our own eyes, could see him visibly, that he would present himself to us in some way. But he has given us his word. He has given us the Holy Scriptures to remind us of his love, and what he has done for us. to Remind us that he is coming back to be with him forever in heaven. He's given us also that gift of the Holy Spirit to treasure in our hearts. So we too look forward to that day when we shall see him again in glory. he will return to bring us home to be with him forever in heaven. Amen. I invite the congregation to please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore.